Hi, I'm Grace Beeson, and this is the Because Why Not podcast. I'm a professional relationship coach trained in authentic leadership. Each week on the podcast, I come to you with stories from my own life, anecdotes of things I've experienced, and wrap them all up in some kind of lesson that I've learned from whatever I'm living, reading, hearing, experiencing, and how we can take it into our lives and make our lives better and happier and more fulfilled while laughing all the way. So thank you for joining me. Please leave a review at iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you listen. And I hope you'll subscribe and tune in regularly. Enjoy the episode and thanks again. Hey, my friends, it's Grace. Welcome to episode 25 of the Because Why Not podcast. I'm so excited that... I just realized that it's episode 25 and remembered to share that with you. Feels like um, kind of a major milestone. So I've been thinking about what I want to talk to you about today and the same thing keeps rising to the top and it is self-doubt. I've been feeling so much self-doubt lately and... I want to talk about that, but first I'm going to tell you a funny story, Um, because if I don't tell it to you right now, I'll be thinking about it the whole time, and I think it sort of ties in well to, (laughs) I don't know, some kind of self-doubt or just the feeling of lacking and feeling of just sucking as a human being and wishing that I was doing a better job right now. And so it's about my kids. So um, my son, Court, turns eight tomorrow. And Court has um, this wonderful photo book that I made him when he turned one that is probably 50 pages, you know, made on a MacBook and all these photos and all the places that we took him in the first year, New York City and Chicago and Denver and the mountains and the beach and all the people who held him and all the joy he brought to our lives and all the ways in which he made my life complete and how special and beautiful and amazing he is, right? So this is this book and he loves this book. He delights in reading this book. And as I was just saying to my sister, when I was telling her this story earlier today, Court reads this book slowly and often. And I realized, you know, what does a kid want? A kid wants to see his own name and his own photo in lights. Do you remember that feeling? Like I just wanted a mini license plate or keychain with my name on it. It's all I wanted in life. When I was given something personalized, it was my favorite. Now, I grew up in, you know, the late 70s, 80s when I was court's age. It was, you know, what year was it? 1984. There were no license plates or keychains with the name Grace on them. Because as I've mentioned before, at that stage of the game, it was still considered a grandma name. So, 
I needed to have a name like Sarah or, um, I don't know, Courtney, which is Court's name, um, to have a license plate, but not Grace. So point being, Court loves this book. Loves, 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 loves. Well, my younger son, Fan, who's six, was born six years ago. And on his first birthday, which was five years ago, I did not have a book created to give him or share with the family or put on the coffee table. Um, got a little behind in my photo album making uh, with the um, addition of a second baby and having two under two years old and running an event planning business and doing 20 plus weddings a year and, and, and. So the photo albums took a backseat. Okay, so Court's reading his book this morning thinking about his birthday and I think just reading it because he does it regularly and um so then he went upstairs and Than started reading the book carefully for the first time it was the first time I ever saw him reading Court's book carefully so I was saying you gotta go upstairs and get dressed for school you know it's gonna be time to go to school soon and he was saying I'm almost done I'm just still reading the book And he was asking me questions and, oh, look at this and what's that about Quartz book. Um, And then he was finishing up and I went to go sit next to him. And this kid had tears in his big blue eyes, like just welled up in his eyes. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, why? Why didn't you take me to all of these special places? And and why, why didn't I see all of these people? And, and why don't I, why, why didn't I get to do all of this? It's not fair. And I said, which was the truth. Oh, of course you did. You got to do so many special things in your first year, just like Court did. And you saw so many people and so many friends came to see you and, you know, you got to go to Denver too, and you did all these other things too. And, um, and I said, which is not true. It's all in your book. (laughs) I said, and you know what? I just can't find your book. I need to find your book. I'm not sure where it is. I'll find it for you and I'll show you all of the awesome things that you also did in your first year of life. And that really calmed him down and made him feel special and happy. And guys, I'm a liar. Yes, he did have a wonderful first year of life, but there is no book. And so now... Five years after his first birthday, I need to spend some time making a beautiful book for Than so that he knows that he is not a forgotten, left out second child whose mommy had no time to make him a photo album because she was too tired. 
So I'm going to carve out some time to do that now. I, I, I think I'm, I would say I'm about six years behind on photo albums as a whole. Or wait, let's see. Court turned one in 2012. So that puts me at seven years behind in photo albums. How much time do you think that's going to take me to uh, pull that together? Does anyone else experience that? I mean, was it easier when there were just printed photos and we could just slip them into books? There's so much pressure. There's so many photos now. We can take 400 photos by clicking our finger for two seconds. It's just so many options and analysis paralysis about what photos to put in the albums, even if I did have time to make the albums. And of course, I do have time. You can make time for whatever it is in life you feel is important. But oh my God. So that sort of brings me to one side or, you know, it just sheds a little bit of light on this feeling that I've been feeling of inadequacy and of feeling self-doubt and feeling lacking as a human being, as a mother, as a daughter, as a coach, as a wife. And I'm feeling imposter syndrome. And I've been feeling this for like two weeks. Do you guys know what imposter syndrome is? We talk a lot about it in coaching and uh, talked a lot about it in coach training where someone is um, in a situation in their life where they don't feel valid or real in what they're doing. They feel like an imposter in their own life or in their career or in their situation. Like I'm doing this thing, but I really shouldn't be doing it. I don't know how to do it. I'm not good at it. No one wants me. No one likes me. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll go eat worms. Remember that song? It's like that. So imposter syndrome is basically when you're feeling like, Am I going to be found out? Is someone going to come knock on my door and say, Hey, guess what? The jig is up. You're not real. Turn in your keys, (laughs) your card, your whatever. Like you're not real. And I remember having that feeling as it relates to my career. I remember having that feeling when I first started my event planning business, um, in 2005, even though I had been planning events for over five years, but you know, there was this sense of like, I know what I'm doing. Like I know how to do this, but am I really a wedding and event planner that people can hire? And do I really know what I'm doing? Am I worth my weight? Am I worthy Those weren't words I had 15 years ago, but I have them now. But am I worthy of all of this and of being successful and of having fabulous paying clients and of having a successful podcast and writing the book and being a public speaker? And, you know, back then it was just about being a wedding planner. Today, it's so much bigger for me, this, this imposter syndrome. It's about all those things I just mentioned, all the big dreams I have for myself and about being a coach. And, um, the interesting thing is that it's not about my lack of ability 
or willingness or will clients come? Um, can I do this? But it is self-doubt. I have a great feeling of self-doubt. And it's more tied to right now about my overall worthiness as a human being. Like, am I worthy of everything I have? Can I make myself worthy enough to be successful? And that's a really hard thing to admit. And I think so many of us as women struggle with that. Like my dream in life is to help other women and other people feel good, feel better. It's the same thing I keep saying that I have found a way this year to feel better, to dig deep, look inside, find what brings me joy, uncover a lot of crap and really arrive at a place where I'm thriving and I want to take it and help other people solve their own stuff and feel better. And that's the power of coaching is that you as the coachee are solving your own stuff. I, as the coach, am asking the great questions that get you thinking that get you to find your own answers. So, you know, my dream is to help other people feel better and live better lives. And I totally know that I'm capable and I'm already doing it. And I know that I'm willing and I know I've had fantastic training. And I know that I had a very successful event planning business for 14 years and that I left that at the top of my game. Um, But there's this thing that I have been working on with myself that is being connected between these two businesses because it's just now being resolved. And that is that sense of worthiness and of my own value. And am um, am I worthy of being in this place where I can create all of these things, create this podcast, create the book, create the business, create the success, create the change, bring about change in other people's lives. And that all comes down to how I feel about myself. And my whole platform here is about self-love, self-worth, self-acceptance, you know, I've identified that and, and people have helped me identify that by hearing my same messages being given over and over and over again, that the common denominator here is about self-worth and self-love and loving yourself first and it being the most important relationship. And so it's so interesting that one of the biggest things I struggle with is my own value Like, you know, just the reminder that I am valuable, I am worthy, I can do this, I am doing this, and 
that I am still the same person that I was when I had the last successful business. Nothing has changed. And um, so that was a real breakthrough that I had this week, actually, through coaching. Um, The amazing thing about right now in my process is that I receive a lot of coaching and um, it's just awesome. I, of course, recommend life coaching to anyone, but it's just a very efficient and effective process where you bring something to the discussion and you work through it and you may leave having a real action plan for the week and it feels great. And so a big breakthrough that I had this week was about, you know, that this successful businesswoman with the successful event planning business, who's now feeling self-doubt about her own worth and value as a coach, guess what is the same person? Nothing has changed. So if I, um, you know, could do all these things as a planner, I can do all these things, um, as a coach and, you know, then the piece I'm just strengthening every day, as I've mentioned is about my overall worth. And, um, and that I just see as a way to strengthen this new business and make it even better than the last business was, which, um, I believe in many ways it will be because this is where my heart is, right. And where my passion lies. And it feels like I'm called to do this work where I'm helping move people into, um, you know, a more powerful, self-empowered, um, joyful, content place in life. But so I just hit this wall as, you know, I think we do as human beings. And I do think we as women particularly tend to hit these walls of I'm not good enough or I'm doubting myself. Am I a good person? Am I a good mother? Am I a good partner? Am I a good daughter? Am I a good coach? You know, and and the more you take that on and think about it, or I'll just speak from my experience, the more that I've allowed myself, truly allowed myself to have all of these thoughts and feelings over the last two weeks, the more that they've gained momentum. And it really is a snowball effect of one thought picks up another, picks up another, picks up another. And before you know it, it's a giant snowball rolling at the speed of light down a mountain and you have no chance in hell of catching it. And in fact, it's going to destroy your house and your soul while it's at it. Um, and I hit a wall this week and what that looks like for me is a lot of yelling, a big screaming tantrum at my kids, um, which, you know, um, one of them in particular who shall remain nameless was being a huge brat, but I just, I got set off. I was just set off. It was like the, the match was lit to the string on the bottom of the dynamite, like in the cartoon and I exploded and everything fell apart. And 
it's obviously an incredibly uncomfortable feeling. I hate feeling that way. It feels out of body to me. I feel like I'm standing on the outside of myself looking in. I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but when you're in that, um, rage, a fit of rage or, um, whatever, I mean, you can kind of be two people at once where you're looking at yourself like, who is that crazy woman yelling? Who is she? You know, like, oh, I'm glad I'm not her kid or like, I'm glad I'm not her. Like, whoo, you know, and I feel that way. I'm looking at myself like I'm bananas, but I can't stop. And that's what happens when I am at my outer limits edge, completely depleted. And I've fully given in to the snowball effect of toxic thinking. Um, so yeah, that's where it's like the self-doubt. Can I do this? Can I be this? The unworthiness. I don't deserve this. The imposter syndrome. How did I get here? What am I doing? Do I know what I'm doing? No, I don't. Maybe I'll go hide in a dark closet and then no one will ever see me or hear me or talk to me ever again. And that'll be amazing. Thanks so much. Um, yeah. And it just goes on and on and on. And it's awful until I explode. So I exploded. Hadn't happened in a long time because you know, I've been, um, riding on my unicorn with rainbows flying out of my ears this year and just feeling amazing. I mean, there have been bumps and bruises with my kids and my husband, and I've spoken about that here, but by and large, my journey with myself has been amazing. And what I realized in this breakdown was that it was me against me. Like there is literally no one on the planet earth who is putting the pressure on me that I'm putting on myself on a day-to-day basis right now about being a good daughter and caregiver to my mother who has Alzheimer's about being a good mom to my boys, about being a good coach to the people I'm coaching about creating a successful business for myself and my family about giving enough to friends about time enough for family and friends and, um, my husband about supporting him well enough about taking care of my body, about what I'm eating and all the crap I'm emotionally eating and I should be eating less crap and more greens and all the exercise I'm not making enough time for. And I am the one putting myself through this ringer. Nobody else. This is about my relationship with me. Can you relate to that? Are we not so often our own worst enemies? And guess who's in control of that? Yep, me. You. We are in control of our relationships with ourselves. Nobody else is. And guess what? By the way, we can only change ourselves. We know that, right? Can't change other people. Can only change yourself. So better to focus on yourself than on other people. Um, yeah. And I just want to say again, when you're in that circular thinking of I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. Nobody likes me. Um, I can't do this. Well, I'm a bad mom. I yell, I eat more cookies than I do kale. I sit on my butt more than I 
do sweat during exercise. Um, I only bitch and moan at my husband rather than telling him how great he is. I mean, whatever the things are, the more you do that, the more they perpetuate themselves. And by the way, they pick up things along the way. I mean, you know, they pick up things like, oh, that mom gave me a dirty look at my son's breakfast this morning and she must hate me. You know, things like that. We're like, really? Come on, really? Like, is that where you're going, Grace? Like, those are the things you're picking up now along the way that a mom who didn't really give you a hug and say hello in the warmest way hates you? Really? And like, by the way, if she does, that's also okay. Because guess what? Not everyone's going to be friends with everyone. And the most important relationship that I have is with myself. And if I'm feeling terrible about myself with myself, I am not going to feel good about anything else with anyone else. So by the great power of receiving a lot of coaching this week and also a therapy session because you know I'm a huge proponent of therapy and they have different places in my life and they're both super amazing and we've been doing this couples therapy that we do for years you know every now and again is like a check-in um which was is really great for us but so through the power of coaching and therapy and having a meltdown with my children and a come to Jesus with myself and a fabulous yoga class and getting over a little cold I had and getting plenty of sleep, I have realized that I am being so hard on myself and really doubting myself where I don't need to and feeling like an imposter and putting energy towards that when it is futile and also incorrect. And... It's time to give myself some breathing room and some grace and allow myself to be where I am and take a breath. And I think it's a lesson that we all need. And so it's one I really want to share with you from the depths of my soul and deep in my heart today, that when you're feeling bad and feeling bad about yourself and like you're not good and you're not worthy and you're a crappy mom and bad partner and bad at your job and not successful as you want to be and not fit as you want to be and not eating more kale than cookies. Sometimes the best thing to do is to take a minute and take a breath, take a day and stop doing all the things. Give yourself some breathing room. Even if you're still with your kids, being a parent, even if you're still doing your job, just recognize and acknowledge that you're having a rough time and that you need a break and you need a breather. So I'm heading into a big birthday weekend for my son. Then Thanksgiving, my boys are off school for a week. I am giving myself some time to breathe, put less pressure on my massive to-do list for my coaching. And 
I believe and know that the space that I'll give myself by allowing myself to breathe for a few days is that I will be softer and gentler with myself. And from there will come what I, what I want to have come, which is just greater awareness, um, a greater flow of ideas, more clarity on certain things I'm trying to take on because nothing comes from that really toxic cycling heady in the head space where I'm totally not in my heart. I'm not feeling, I'm not allowing, I'm resisting, I'm creating resistance I'm creating conflict. Nothing comes from that. And I know that ultimately where I am or really where I am is in my heart. And I am in a place of creating with this podcast and with my business and with my coaching and that I have all of this to give to my children and my husband and my friends and my family and um, my business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera but I can't do it when I'm depleted. And when I'm depleted is when I just go to these places of, I absolutely suck. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll go eat worms. Um, so in the spirit of Stuart Smalley, I do like a positive affirmation. And that's totally something that we learned in training and that I take with me um, and was reminded by a really awesome coach this week that it's really valuable to be in the place of I am rather than of I lack. So rather than I'm a bad mom, I don't have all the clients I want. I'm not making all the money that I want. I don't have the time that I want. I don't exercise as much as I want. Let's be in a place of I am. And maybe you can think of some I ams for you. So for me, the I ams, and I'm getting into my positive rainbow place right now. I am a great coach. I'm a great mom. I'm a great friend. I'm a great daughter, sister, wife. I'm great on this podcast. I love this podcast. It brings me great joy. I'm a good person who makes mistakes. I yell at my kids. That doesn't make me a bad person. I am human. I am a really powerful, capable woman. And that means that sometimes I put a lot of pressure on myself and that's okay. And I am willing and able to allow rather than resist and to give myself the self-care that I need and the space that I need to take a break from my brain and my life to just be for a few days and over the holiday. So I hope you can do that too. That was some serious self-coaching, which is a powerful tool and you can do it on yourself too. I appreciate being here with you so much. I really needed it. This is a perfect example of this podcast being extremely cathartic for me. And I 
really so hope that you get something out of it too. Um, it means everything in the world to me if this touches even one person out there. So if you're so inclined, pass it along, spread the love. Um, let's all feel better and take some deep breaths and some time to ourselves going into this really busy holiday week, um, where it's easy to put pressure on ourselves and feel like we can do more and be more, but guess what? We are already enough. That is the truth. Sending you lots of love and happy Thanksgiving wishes. And I will be back with you again soon. Bye-bye. 